Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, the place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. Jordan and I are here. We're going to do our second installment of the holidays in between uh, laughing about lines from the Christmas, Christmas, vacation. Christmas vacation here. We were. Uh, I really think that's one of my favorite movies. I th- I'm, I'm thinking it is too. It's got to be in my top five. It's up there. Yeah, it's up there. So anyway, Jordan coping with the holidays. We talked a little bit in the last episode about boundaries. You know, it's you don't want to go. It's okay to say no. I don't want to go. It's okay to set up boundaries uh, when you're there with folks that uh, you have to deal with or are guilted into dealing with um, mm-hmm. things like that. So, what are some ways to cope? Let's just go right to it. One of the things I think about stepping out of the stepping out of the uh, area where the stuff's going down if it starts going down. Right? Absolutely. What's wrong with leaving? Physical removal. Physical removal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what else you got? Well, I mean, I you know, I think that one speaks a great deal because you can, you know, whether you know, whether you leave for, for good or you just kind of step out or you step out of even the room where stuff may be going on. You know, there's all kinds of ways that you you know, I think I think sometimes we have a problem we think about the extremes. You know, well, I'm just gonna cut and run, you know, instead of like, okay, well, Maybe I can go somewhere else for a little bit and come back to it. You know, because we talk about that with things in therapy sometimes. And that's good to get a little reprieve. Then maybe you can engage again for a little bit. Right. You know, versus, I, versus those toxic ones that we said just, yeah, have a good Sometimes, effort. and, you know, I'm thinking about folks, particularly those in recovery right now. Mm-hmm. If you're in a family situation where everybody around you is drinking, everybody around you is using, everybody around you is toxic, there are times when you just have got to get out. You do. And, you know, and that's okay. Well, one of the things we talk about in, in treatment, you know, is, uh, is you know, is, uh, you know you've, got to, you've got to literally get up. You know, we talk about that when being triggered. You know, if you're triggered by something, sometimes the best thing to do is just to get up. Get up and move. Get out of there. Right. Move around. Do something. Because, yeah, I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up. Uh, and that, that brings up a good point that I think we need to kind of talk about, too, is the amount of... The amount of alcohol, the amount of addiction that man really rears its head around this time of the year at family gatherings. Yes, yes. I mean, let's you know. You know, I think about it. Uh, a lot of people show up drunk to family stuff, and yeah, then, and then start drinking, yeah. right? And so, really important to if you're if you're, and I say it for people in recovery, but anybody that doesn't want to be around all of that, uh, 
you got to take care of yourself. Well, you do, and I, and I look at this thing of going. Look, if if that's what you have to do to be able to go to a family function, I'm not I'm not being critical on this, but what I'm saying is perhaps rethink whether you need to be there. If it's going to put you in a state to where you know you're endangering yourself or other people, you know whatever. I mean, you know, I, I think that's where you've got to face the hard reality of like if I have to if I have to take a few shots to go to you know the family gathering. That should tell you kind of that there's something maybe not good about that family gathering. Or on the flip or, side, yeah. how about this? If you're in recovery and you know that everybody around you is going to be taking shots mm-hmm. and it's a risk to your serenity and sobriety, that's right. you also have the right and, and should reflect on, huh, maybe I don't have to go to this. You know, um, And sometimes maybe you not being there is making a big enough statement. I mean, it, it is making a statement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm not going to deal in this type of dysfunction. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going there. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for you. So right. I'm. I'm trying to do something to make that obvious, make that apparent. So in a situation where the, uh, you know, the the dinner is over and the drinks are coming out and you know old grudges come up, <laughs> you know, you can you can think about you can imagine it, you can picture it probably, uh-huh. and you hear about it in practice. You know, what what do you suggest for those who just find themselves in those situations? Is it time to leave? What are some things in the moment that folks can do to get through those times? I think sometimes, I mean, I I know that I, you know, a big one for me with things is being mindful. Uh, The practice of mindfulness, you know, I I, I know we've mentioned it on the podcast before. But, you know, it's that thing of being able to stay, stay in the here and now. Not let your head go down the road too far or back too far, but being able just to, I mean, one of the simple things, you know, for me, I struggle with anxiety. And so a lot of times I I will locate things to kind of fixate on, you know, whether it be a picture, whether it be a, you know, uh, sometimes just even something in my head, go almost a dissociative thing, which I'm not sure if that's healthy, but hey, you know, (laughs) but it's one that works, you know, and it. You know, but it's a thing that just kind of eases that tension, that internal dysregulation that you feel. You know, I, I tell people a real healthy one, too, is go outside. You know, if you don't leave, just go go outside, take a walk for a few minutes. Healthy, right? right? You know? One of the things that uh, I was going to mention this before, we talked about being able to leave or go outside, go for a walk, things like that, is, you know, in, in Minnesota, it's really cold out in around the holidays. Go for, go for a snow walk. Go for a snow walk. Get your snowshoes out. But what I was going to say about that is sometimes that fresh air really blasting you is helpful. And yeah. another thing with mindfulness, you you mentioned that, is a lot of times if you just sit in a spot and say, where are my feet? Absolutely. You know, where are my hands? And you just bring this consciousness of my feet are right underneath me. Right. I can feel them. They're you my know, supports. They're my supports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those sorts of things where you just bring it all in, focus on the body, that kind of thing, and where yeah. you're where you're feeling the tension, where you're feeling stress, things like that. Yeah. Another common one too is to locate the senses. You know, be able to access all of your senses. You know, what are you smelling? What what can you what can you feel? You know, what can you see? You know, all those de- just interact engaging all of the senses can kind of help regulate sometimes, you know. Uh, just the internal self-regulation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to correct for the dysregulation. Right. Yeah. Correct. So uh, one of the things that I've always kind of recommended, heard f- for folks in recovery, 
have your own wheels, right? Have your mm. own transportation if at all possible, you know. Or if you're in a if you're in a, a family gathering that you know somebody's going to be there, you're you have issues with, or your family generally, if you can arrange your own transportation or have it with uh, someone who understands your situation, uh, the dynamics, you can get out of there. That's always a good. That's always a good thing. Absolutely. Have you, a phone. You've got an out. You got an point. out. You got an out. And, well, and your phone, obviously. I'm glad you mentioned the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, call somebody. Text somebody. Text somebody right. you know who knows, right. who gets you yeah. and really understands. Yes. You know, even if it's to say, I mean, you know, I don't I don't think it's, it's wrong at all to text somebody like, hey, I'm struggling. You know, and, and if it's somebody that really knows you and support, they're going to send you back something that may give you some encouragement or get, something, you know. Just a connection to know that, hey, I got you. I know I, I, I feel you on this. Right. And, you know, a lot of times, <laughs> speak for my friends, a lot of times I'll get a meme back that has some, you know, pretty funny, uh, something just to light them, lighten up the mood a little bit. You yeah. know, some kind of... Uh, like like, a, like uh, a funny shirt? Like a funny shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a yeah. shirt about a Christmas story. That's right. You know, That's some, right. Some kind of picture like that. A very PG Christmas story. Yes, That's exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, so I mean, I, th- I think again, there's, you know, I'm big with, and th- this is where, like, I, I will tell you, my, I am not a, a uh, coping skills. I, th- this is my, my platform, I guess, to say this. And again, if you're my clients, bear with me because, you know, I say this a lot, but I tell people, you know, use the Google. There are a bunch of different coping skills you can look up on there that honestly you don't need a therapist to tell you about. They're there. Practice them. Find ones that work for you, you know, because that's the thing with coping, honestly, is it's finding what what works for you. You know, one for me that is super good, just not even with the holidays, but just in general, is driving. I love to drive. There's something about being on the road, freedom. I don't know what it is, but it's just that that uh, that routine, that monotony of being on the road. Right. I love it. I hear you. When, yeah. I, when I used to uh, do a lot of driving in my younger years, I would chew sunflower seeds and... Well, before that, I smoked cigarettes. I'm thankful. I'm so grateful I quit smoking cigarettes. But driving at night, you know, that that does have that freedom um, that you talk about. You know, one of the things that I was just kind of kicking around here is, what about our younger listeners? What about those who aren't driving, right? Can't drive because they're being dragged to these events, and really don't feel comfortable there. Um, what, and you mentioned coping skills, but is there anything specific to teenagers that... Man, I can tell you on that one. I've been there. I don't know about you, Chris, but I can remember yes. being dragged to some guy that I was just like, I am bored out of my ever-loving mind. Right. I mean, and like, one of my things with that is if you're a, if you're a teen, if you're a, if you're a young... Well, number one, let's say this. If you're the parent of a teen or a young person. Be mindful of that. That would be my encouragement. And it, I'm not saying this in this world of like we have to entertain them at all times because I don't believe that. I right. think, you know, I, I had a situation uh, and I love, you know, I've, I've got two young boys and, and uh, my oldest son, he, he is he is my personality all made over. But the other day we were driving home from a Razorback game, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, well, that'd be the best part of it. That's right. Being, being able yes. to get out of there. Yes. Yeah. Please, Lane Kiffin, come here. Yes. Yeah, uh, so I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. say that. Come on, Lane. Yeah. Come, come to Arkansas. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the uh, 
we're driving home and out of nowhere, and this is not something he normally does. He just goes, Dad, I'm bored. And I think my response in that moment was, well, that's tough. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I right. just turned around and went on. I don't think we have to always indulge a kid when they're bored or whatever. I'm not saying that. My, my point is that I think we have to be mindful of like, those kids have no choice where they're at in the moment. We've taken them there. We have to own that to some degree, you know, and, you know, I, I think more than anything, be mindful, try to, you know, uh, try to do things that are, that are sometimes fun to them. And we, we had a great time at our, our recent, uh, uh, my, I'm, I'm very close with my wife's family and, and love them dearly. And they, uh, we had Thanksgiving, uh, actually at a, at a larger building so we could all get together. But one of the things that uh, a few of us did um, just, just out of nowhere is there was a football there and we just started playing football with all the kids. And it was, it, I had a ton of fun doing that because it brings that childhood part out in you and it, it, it made their day. Play is important play for is all huge. age levels. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. really important thing. Why, why do we think as adults we have to sit around and chat and that's all we, that's all we do. Well, for any kid of any age, because <laughs> we ate too much. That's probably why. Yeah, we're we're, we're you know wobbling to do anything <laughs> right. else. Right. So. Well, one of the things I was going to say too is the boredom piece that you brought up. Now, listeners, I have to say this is from two onlys, only children. Okay, mm-hmm. so one of the things about boredom, and there's some research on this. Kids should learn to entertain themselves. Yes, too. they should. It's not up to us. Um, and I don't know if there's any scientific research to back up what I'm about to say, but by entertaining, it it causes this external stimulus. It does. Am I am I right on this? Story? I think too. And I, actually, I was going to take it even even to say, and like I said, I don't know. You know, I'm just, we're again we're giving our, our thoughts on this, but I mean, I think it speaks something to the resilience factor. You know, I think uh, kids that learn to to deal with their own boredom, they they learn to internally regulate a yeah. little bit better. Self regulation. Self regulate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking and, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we know that self regulation is probably going to be a big factor in being resilient, which is a huge thing when we talk about our world today. And so, um, you know, I think that's a huge huge thing. And you know, I I just think about all the hours I spent bored. Oh, yeah. um, but it was up to me. I didn't have siblings. You didn't have, I didn't siblings. have siblings. No. Um, and my, certainly my parents. It was a different generation. It was. We had to create our own, our own, fun, our own amusement. Right. Honestly. And and you know the other no phones, no, no phones, no, no, stuff. no cell phone. No. Saturday cartoons. If you missed them, they were gone forever. That's right. <laughs> you know, until next Saturday. Until next right. Saturday. Right. Wait around all week. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing uh, I was going to mention here too is, you know, we drag these kids to the. We drag them to the event. One thing that's changed, I don't know that it's necessarily for the better, is admittance to the adult table. That used to have to be earned. And I think we've, we've kind of made it all about the kids on some level um, mm-hmm. at times too. Where, And I think it's, I'm guilty of it, but that entertainment piece, we can go overboard on that. And we can mm-hmm. go overboard on... You know, bringing children, bringing kids in, to, and and the expectation is that they're just like the adults. O- over adultifying a kid. Over adultifying mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. Who's not ready for that? They're right. not ready to be at that. You know, that's the thing too. I mean, I think I think I don't know how you, but it was a, it's a thing of like honor almost when you get to be at the adult. I mean, when you when you when you're an adult, when, when you know how to act there. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. there's some. There's some, you know, pride and families that can come with that when you get to sit at the table. Right. 
you know. So. And you know, I'm sure people listening think a couple of curmudgeonly guys, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. which okay, you know, fair well, enough. Old school. I'll take it. Yeah. Old school curmudgeon. Here. That's right. That's fine. That's but, right. Um, but anyway, I, I was thinking that as we as we talked about kids being bored, uh, but I think we can go the other the other way too is treating them as adults, or okay. I mean, feeding them liquor, that, or whatever. That too. I don't know. That too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway. well, back to crazy stories you hear. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I I can't count the number of clients you know around this time of the year that you know the parents are getting them booze or they're you know they're doing whatever you right. know just uh, honestly because there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of just you know being mindful and watching going on too. But they're giving kids access to stuff that kids aren't ready to have is the bottom line, yeah. and so. I, I, I tend on all these things, I mean, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's wrong, but I, you know, I, I look at, you know, I look at a lot of the kid issues as, a, as you know, we have to, as parents, take some responsibility right. in that type of stuff. Well, and the other thing too, I think a lot of parents, all parents probably do want the, their children to love them, to like them, you know, and, and I think sometimes we, we see cases where friendship comes too soon between parents and child, right? Mm-hmm. Friendship is so. after the kid's older. Yeah. Right? Friend, when you, no, I think so. Yeah, I, that's what I think too. Yeah. But, um, yeah. There so has to be a transition there. There has to point, be some but, rites of passage, things but, like that. Well, and, right? and, and speaking to what we're even doing on this podcast, we talk about, you know, trauma, not trauma. Okay, if you take the definition of trauma being something that your brain is really not ready for, that you're not ready for. I mean that that's kind of what we're speaking to as kids. When we give kids things that are, it's really too early for them to, you know, we're setting them up for failure. I think at times by yeah. giving not just, you know, I think people look at that like, yeah, giving them stuff. I'm not talking about the stuff. I'm talking about even the relationship, right. giving them a type of relationship they're not ready for yet. You know. Well, and I mean, it's that could be an episode of the podcast sometime, but just disciplining your friend. You've when you've turned this kid into your, you're your done. child, you're done. You're done. Yeah, you're done. So, all right. Well, um, folks, we appreciate you tuning in again. Find us on social media. Uh, forward the podcast to somebody out there that you know who can benefit from it. We certainly appreciate that. We've uh, had a lot of that, a lot of referrals, yeah. kind of things. So we really we appreciate you sharing it with yeah. folks. We just very much appreciate all of our listeners. I mean, it's just we we can't tell you the uh, the feedback and things we've had so far, and the amount of, we're you know Chris and I are both just thankful and hopeful that this message is getting out and that you guys are uh, getting something from this. Yeah, we appreciate it. We're gonna sign off here and follow up with a, a little different take on family. Talk to you next time. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience LLC for educational purposes only as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.